Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Montana State kept rolling while the state's other Division I basketball teams hit the skids on Thursday night. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Raekwon Battle, a former Washington transfer who hit all three of his three-point attempts in the first half, nailed his only field goal after halftime with 18 seconds left to lift Montana State to a 77-74 win over Portland State in Bozeman. The victory is Montana State's 10th straight and 15th in the last 16 games. MSU is 19-5 overall after starting the season 1-3. In Missoula, Montana cannot close out pesky NAU in regulation. Then the Lumberjacks dominated the overtime period as Northern Arizona posted a 72-67 win. The loss snaps Montana's 14-game home winning streak dating back to last February that included 12 wins in a row at home this year. In Flagstaff, the Lady Grizz thought they had their second buzzer-beating victory of the week when Sophia Stiles hit a go-ahead jumper with a second to go. Instead, the NAU got one more chance and a heave to Kairika Rashid led to the game-tying bucket at the horn while she was fouled. She converted the free throw and NAU won 60-59. And finally, the previously red-hot Montana State women saw their eight-game winning streak end in Cedar City, Utah in a game that landed on the schedule just 36 hours before it was played, so in Utah outlasted MSU 70-60 to to keep pace. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Rajiv Seabrook in studio Yo. with me, Coulter Nuanez. 
Coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Welcome to hour number two. Missed anything in hour number one? We talked all the way around the world of the NBA, the Big Sky Conference in men's and women's basketball. Little Golden Goat, the uh, doubleheader between Missoula Hellgate, Missoula Sentinel tonight at Dahlberg Arena. Starts at 6 p.m. right here on SWX Montana Television if you can't make it down to the game. We also had Mike Yam from the NFL Network swing by to talk all things Super Bowl. And we heard from Amara Bodkins, our mattress firm, student of the week. Miss anything in the first hour of the show? You can always find it on the podcast presented by The Advocates as well as Sportsbet Montana. Before we get into this uh, chick who doesn't know sports with our good friend Carolyn, who you think I asked her this in this segment as well. We recorded this yesterday. Who do you think is going to steal the show during the Super Bowl halftime show? That's why we're playing some Eminem on the way in because she thinks it's Mr. Marshall Mathers. You think he's going to just come out? She thinks he is. Like as the, as the guest mysterious performer? Well, isn't he on the list? I thought it was just Dre and Snoop. No, Dre, Snoop, sure. Mary J. Blige, uh, Eminem, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Tell you the truth, I would hope out of all those people, the one who I want to see rip it the most, I'm going to say Mary J. That's what I said. Are you, I'm like, I'm, I know I'm old school. That's probably dating my time. But, like, dude, Mary J., where you been, baby? Where have you been? Like, we, she was, like, to me, the Aretha Franklin of that generation. Totally. So, like, I, I want to hear the pipes, man. I want some real love. Real love. Such a good tune. Such a good jam. We'll be playing some real love next week just for Regime, just to see if you can hit that high note one more time. Well, we're back to your favorite duo here on a Friday, mostly just because we have some sort of like horror movie scenario or something where they cut the cord on one of our mics here in the studio. We haven't really addressed this because we've had so many great guests that have come on in a variety of ways, but hardly ever have we had to share a mic. Rajim Seabrook will will be on this show with us, and uh, he will be contributing throughout every Friday. But until we get the third mic, we can't really do the three-person in-studio interview. So it's back to just me and Carolyn, which I know that's your favorite anyways. Chicken doesn't know sports. Here on Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, presented by the AC Hotel. Remember, we got a new prize for you from AC Hotel. Instead of brunch, we got craft cocktails for you, so stay tuned for that. Of course, must be 21 years old or older to win. Carolyn, it's Super Bowl week. I know you're incredibly stoked about this. I'm only excited about the halftime show. Uh, I'm actually sort of tenuous about the halftime show. What? Oh, yeah. You think oh, oh, I just, I just uh, out I, with a walker. I don't like seeing uh, people that, and this is on me. This is on my fear of aging. It's one of my great fears. I just don't like seeing people that I idolized or deified uh, in a reduced version of themselves. But maybe Who that's. just to say they're re- reduced? That's, that's right. That's my Look own psychology. Look at J-Lo. She's like in the best shape of her life and she's in her 50s. True. They are going to kill it. It is going to be so fun. My kids are going to see how gangsta I can be. <laughs> My sister-in-law was uh, texting me the same thing. She said, anybody that's uh, that grew up in the 80s and 90s who now has children, they're Kids are about to see how gangster their moms really are. Yep. <laughs> I am so pumped. It is going to be epic. That's the other thing about this that's going to be so striking is that this is now like classic quote unquote rap. Yeah, that's true. Forever, even until like just a little while ago, Dr. Dre was, it was so edgy because hip hop wasn't pop culture. Now there's so much hip hop in pop music. That this is now just like the old people's rap. But this is the good rap. I don't like the new rap. <laughs> I totally rap. agree. I like 90s rap is I'm is the bomb diggity. Okay. <laughs> I learned something today. First of all, I think that 
this is to go down a serious note for a minute. I know that you are, are you've always been complaining to me that we're making this too serious lately. We need to be more funny, and we will have plenty of laughs oh within God, this. Here we go. But no, but but I, I really was thinking about this. Um, a per, just a personal anecdote from me. Growing up, uh, I had a neighbor who was six years older than me, and he had moved to Missoula. His family was from Montana, but they had lived in L.A. for several years. And then he had moved back to Montana. And it was one of those where, like, he moved right before high school, so he didn't have a lot of friends. And so we were friends, even though we were quite a bit apart in age just because we lived down the street from each other. Well, he was super into gangster rap because he had just lived in L.A. when he was, like, a teenager when this stuff was, like, at its height, you know, Death Row Records and all that. He bought for me Death Row's Greatest Hits, which is like a double disc of all the best uh, songs from Death Row's early iteration, as well as All Eyes on Me by Tupac and uh, Chronic 2001 by Dr. Dre. This is when I was like 12 or 13. So impactful in my life. Your mom must have been thrilled. My mom had no idea. Um, But that's the thing I think about now, though. Retrospectively, it's not as if I was sneaking some unsavory music behind my parents' backs. I actually think about it and how much of an influence it had on my life because that taught me so much about black culture. It taught me so much about uh, life from a completely different part of the world. Growing up in a completely different way than I grew up, it it teaches you about the reality of the streets. That, I think, is what's absent from today's rap. Today's rap is all about money, money, partying, my cool chain, my sweet car, my 400 girlfriends, whatever. There is no, like, once upon a time in the projects, like, by Ice Cube, you know? So those were, like, poetry. It's always almost poems about life on the streets, even if it was hardcore poems. And so I think about that all the time. You know what I think about? The cultural influence of it all. Is that I know all the lyrics to Lowdy Dowdy, but I don't know where my (laughs) keys are half the time. Right. That's what That's I That's hilarious. Uh, the thing I learned today, though, was that one of the, the drama of Death Row Records, if people like reality TV, there should be a reality TV show about that. Because Suge Knight was a bona fide gangster. Like, he oh, was yeah. a straight-up blood, and he, like, used his gangster connections to start a record label. He basically bought Tupac out of jail, and Tupac was, like, for lack of a better word, his music slave. Tupac had to sign a record deal to produce all these albums for him. Anyways, the thing I learned the other day is that now here we are, some... 25, 30 years later, and Snoop Dogg actually owns Death Row Records. Because I, I believe Suge Knight's back in jail, and of course Tupac is dead. So, uh, And Dr. Dre gravitated away from that, made after, Aftermath Records. So, and his uh, beats. Hilarious. Hilarious. I, I guess you have a probably better perspective on this. Uh, you're a little bit older than I am. Snoop Dogg was such a uh, cultural icon when he first came out. Now he is still a cultural icon, but almost like a parody of his old self. Right. I, th- I think he's aged as gracefully as anybody could have imagined, especially when his persona was just as the smooth rap and weed smoking, yeah. like, homie on the street, right? But what do you think of Snoop Dogg's... I, I think that he, his ability to evolve and remake himself has been... Um, it's been awesome. It's like second to none. He's like Madonna, but of the gangster rap world. He's like Madonna without the butt implants. <laughs> he Does is... she have butt implants? Oh, God. Go to her Instagram. It's oh, my disgusting. gosh. I don't know. He is... I love Snoop because, honestly, I think he's just this gentle giant. Like he, he, he came from, you know, the streets. He came from... Long Beach, baby. LBC. Um, he came from gang life, I believe. I don't know if yeah, he's in right. a gang, but whatever. And he has just built this amazing career. He's clearly highly intelligent, even though he's a complete stoner. Because <laughs> when you listen to lyrics of rap music, oh, for sure. The fact that they can rhyme like that. Oh, these guys rhyme so ridiculous. I mean, it's too. amazing. And they're quick and they can freestyle and all that. Anyway, I love Snoop. I love that he. He has totally, like, he knows his demographic are, like, 40-year-old women. 
And <laughs> Who would have ever thought that would have been the case? He's teamed up with Martha Stewart on so many hilarious things. He, you know, they've collaborated on so many things. I mean, I just think he's highly intelligent, um, and he, he makes me laugh. I just, I adore him. I adore Dr. Dre. I love Eminem. I just did an Eminem Peloton ride, and I got so pumped, even more pumped for the Super Bowl halftime show because I love everyone in the show. Like, I couldn't be more excited. The the uh, sort of allure of all of this when it was all happening in, the, in its height, too, like when Snoop Dogg came out with Doggy Style, and then he had Murder Was the Case when he was on trial yeah. for murder, and then he dropped the dog father, which was like his answer to everything that went down. It was like a chronicle of like crime and drama in America all at the same time. And I, it is amazing that these guys navigated all of that, navigated the fame and didn't implode. It would have been so easy to implode. So yeah, the halftime show should be interesting. It's going to be great. Who's going to steal the show? I already know who, but Eminem, Mary J. Blige. Mm, maybe. Eminem's, like- Eminem's probably going to steal the show. What's I, Eminem been doing? I think he's been chilling. Rehab. Well, he did go to rehab for a bit. I'm so mean for saying that in a jovial way. Another person who came from the streets and came from nothing and is clearly so intelligent when you listen to his music and you listen to his lyrics and what he sings about and and raps about and all those things. Angry. I mean, there was like you can there. He was so angry at his mom and his ex-wife and her lip liner situation. <laughs> you guys remember. But he's. It's very, I mean, when you listen to the lyrics, they have they really are emotional and impactful. Anyway, aren't we supposed to talk about sports? Yeah, let's do it. Chicken okay. Doesn't Know Sports, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. What else you got? Well, it is. Do you have a, a dog in the fight in the Super Bowl? Who's in it again? <laughs> I don't here's know. How, here's, I know that you and I are good friends off, off of this show, and uh, you're always checking in on me, which is very nice of you. And uh, I've been feeling a little brain dead lately. I don't really know why, other than I think it's just... I think it's pretty easy diagnosis. I think it's uh, Missoula, Montana in February. Yeah, it's rough here. <laughs> we can see the sun for a minute I know, right that's now. Exciting. We should go uh, dance around outside, but that's uh, on the way. But yesterday, I in the middle of the show, full flow, like I'm flowing like Snoop Dogg. Oh wow! Fully forgot who was in the Super Bowl. I said the Los Angeles Rams versus, and there's like you can hear oh, on the podcast. The there's, a, there's a four second pause, and I'm like. I don't know. Let's play the bit. And then I came back around and reset it, but I really did. I forgot for a minute. And then I panicked. You know when you forget and then you panic and, and then it makes it even worse? Yes. That's what I do. Right. I, yeah. I absolutely did. I was, I was like, how can I forget that? One of my good friends is a coach for the Bengals. Like, I've been talking about the Bengals every week forever with Coach Marty, with you, everybody. Anyways, the uh, yeah, who's playing again? The Rams, the Rams in their the home Bengals, stadium. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm I don't care about either of them. I'm I'm happy it's not the Tampa Buccaneers. So that's all I care about. So now there's this waffling that maybe Tom Brady might not be retired. I don't know. Your, your thoughts? I think that is so typical Tom Brady. Like I'm gonna retire and then maybe I won't. It's also <laughs> it's also so typical uh, American media too, though. It's so stupid, Tom. Just retire, move on. Like right now, everybody's favorite story is that Tom Brady is gonna get traded to the San Francisco 49ers for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't. I, there actually is a little bit of like intrigue to that, uh, but I also think that people just are making those speculatory statements up because. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, the history in New England, all that sort of stuff. This is like you're speaking gibberish. <laughs> I know. Um, I think Tom Brady needs to chill out, relax, hang out with his family and his supermodel wife and just not worry about it. Just live it up. What if he can't chill, though? 
Could you chill? Could you retire right now and uh, chill? Yeah. You can. Oh my God, please. I think that's one thing that uh, we all idolize pro athletes and we wish we had their lives. I do think that the one element of our lives that are better than theirs is that your life and your career and your hobby and your passion are all one thing if you're a mm-hmm. professional football player. Whereas you have this life where you have a job that you like, but also like a family that you like that's separate from your job. And then also hobbies that are separate from your family and your job that you like. I think it's really hard for guys like Tom Brady. Well, you know, what's he going to do? Like, you can go skiing. That has nothing to do with your job. What's I'm gonna Tom go Brady going to do? Beach. Yeah, sure. He... I'll tell you what Tom Brady can do. He can go away. No, I'm just kidding. He, he can, <laughs> there's so much Tom Brady could do. He could volunteer with, you know, um, kids who don't, vulnerable youth who can't, maybe don't, can't afford sports. He could uh, be a coach. He could, he could be on the sidelines. Could he be a coach though? That's what I want to know. Like, I'm not talking an NFL coach. I'm talking. No, no, no. I just, I don't know if he could coach anything. He's gonna, he's, I think, Tom, gonna I think Tom Brady would be the, the obnoxious parents that are trying to fight refs that you're always dogging on. I think that would be Tom Brady, he unfortunately. Is, he, here's <laughs> how he's going to coach. Okay, kids, come here, come here. When you're losing, you're going to take some air out of the ball, and that makes it easier to catch. Hot <laughs> tip from Tom Brady. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. I think Tom Brady is he, he has plenty to do. I mean, like, there's no there, – he needs to be done. I don't think he's going to be, though. You think he's going to come back and play more football professionally? I think that, uh, yes, I do. I, I, I think it's it's too tough. I, I think that Tom Brady is such a dichotomy because I think that Tom Brady fully understands that he does not want to have his skills erode in front of the general public. Yet, he also knows that his skills haven't eroded at all. It's going to be very hard for him to sit out. Well, maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he needs to a little I, I I also think that... This it's very clear that Tom Brady left New England to empower himself, that he won a Super Bowl his first year outside New England. I don't know if he expected that to happen, but it did. And so then he ran it back so that he could have this year of PR, basically. He dropped his documentary. He's, you know, doing all these things, kissing his kid on the lips, blah, blah, blah. And uh, now, for whatever reason, for better or worse, a lot of people like Tom Brady a lot more than they ever did. Not me. So then he walks away, gets all this glorification. He's the sportsman of the year, Sports Illustrated, whatever. But uh, I think he'll just, I think he'll be gone for a year and then. That was, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. For, not from you. I'm not putting you down. <laughs> I'm saying he is he's, 44 he's gonna years pull, old. He's going to pull his Michael Jordan. This is stupid. Okay, <laughs> um, check it out. No sports, ESPN radio, as well as SWX Montana television. What else you got? Quickly, in honor of our 10 year anniversary here at ESPN, yeah. I Googled, I was like, oh, I'll bring up the Super Bowl from 10 years ago. And Ooh. I Googled 2002 Super Bowl. Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> I cannot believe 2012 was 10 years ago. Anyway, That's right. do you know who played in the Super Bowl in 2012? Oh, and who won? man. Okay, so let me Don't think. Cheat. I got I to gotta go through this real quick. Um, this is live radio. You need to be quick. I, I uh, The Patriots beat the Giants. You're correct on who made it. No, no, no. It. The Giants yes. beat the Patriots. Right. The Patriots... Never beat the Giants. That's right. Yeah. That was the second upset. Yeah, because there was the 2007 where the Giants beat the Patriots when the Patriots were undefeated, and then that was the second of Eli Manning's Super Bowls. Yep. Yes. So just close game, right? If, yeah. Um, okay. So that. Who was the halftime show? I don't know. I just deleted that. Kelly Clarkston. Oh well, that makes sense. 2012. Yeah, ten she years was ago. On top. She's still famous. Yeah, she has her own TV show. 
what is it called? The Kelly Clarkson Show. Oh, is it like a talk show? Yeah. Oh, no it's idea. It's like a wannabe Ellen type thing. Is it good? I don't know. Do you think I watch TV at 2 p.m.? <laughs> Who does? That's what I, I want to know. I don't know. Not me. Amazing. Okay. What else you got? Are you ready? Uh, sure. Dun, 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 a little Olympics. Okay, so we're going to- Did you watch the dude that blew up the internet last night? Who? David Chen. No, I did not. According to the aficionados, this was the greatest figure skating routine in the history oh, of the Oh, I heard world. about him. Yes. Um, but uh, here's no. my thing, and Andrew Houghton said this really well on the show, so I'm sort of stealing his take, but it's what I've, I've long thought as well. Unless they wreck, I have no clue what's going on because it all just looks spectacular to me. I, I hate when they're like, oh, that's going to be a, a point. You know, and I'm like, what, <laughs> right. what happened? He just did a triple sow cow. Right, I know. It's so funny because you just you can't even tell how many times they spin now because no. they spin so much. So even if the guy spins four times instead of three times, you can't see it. So I have a confession. I cannot physically watch pairs figure skating because I get so scared really? that the girl's going to get dropped on her head. Uh, I heard I saw a great tweet earlier this morning. It said it should be a required intro for all pair figure skating that they diagnose what the relationship oh, yeah. <laughs> between the two are people they is. Are they brothers? You just got to give me. You got to give it to me. Yeah. Just just two lines. Like these people used to be married, they are married, they're going to get married, they never were married, they're just best friends, whatever. Unless they're related, it always seems to me like they're, you know, hooking up. Uh it way, seems he, He's always putting his hands I in think places. that every variation of this is weird though. To be hooking up with your training partner is weird or not to be is also strange because it's such an intimate sport. Yeah. And if it's your sister, that's like particularly weird. It's really gross. <laughs> the brother-sister thing is gross. Because like, part of the the artistry of it is like is romance, sexual. right? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to whip through a couple really good stories, okay. like happy stories. Great, so great. first one, um, Max Parrott underwent in 2019 he had cancer he's a canadian i think he's a snowboarder i don't even know anyway i think you should just sing the olympic song dun, over and over again dun, 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 dun. <laughs> he won uh a gold medal uh for canada um but i don't know what he's sorry great sorry but he beat cancer and came back and won a gold i mean that's great awesome. good for him okay. what's his name max parrot max parrot like a like, like the, the bird, bird parrot okay I think he's a snowboarder. No, a ski jumper. <laughs> Max Parrott is a snowboarder. You, have, okay. <laughs> you got it right. Yep, he's a uh, now Olympic gold medalist. Sorry. I yep. Seven-time medalist in the X Games. Okay. Won a silver in the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang. I love Pyeongchang. Mm-hmm. Everybody what do you think of the things. scenes of when they uh, sort of pan out in Beijing? It doesn't look pretty. I just cannot imagine living in a place like they that. They showed the ski jump. Someone showed a ski the, where the ski jump is, and it's in the middle of like an old um, steel mill. mill or something. Steel mill, steel yeah. mill that's been abandoned forever. Sure. So you just see these ski jumpers, and then just like this gray. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I got to say I misspoke because I, I sort of criticized that as a active industrial area earlier this week and then did some research. And actually, that in itself is actually a testament to um, a good effort, I guess, by China to sort of rebrand something that had been abandoned, at least make it sort of functional because it's just sitting there, I guess. I don't know. Let's do a rebrand. It's a little better. It's a little better than I made it seem like it was. Not great, but still a little better. I just can't imagine being in a city that's, uh, I don't even know. I mean, so, so, so big. Okay, moving on. I'm trying to make these fun and update. Can't wait. 
Okay. Do you guys, do you remember the movie Cool Runnings about the Jamaican bobsled team? Of course. Austin Tutel's favorite movie. It's so good. It's great. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. They, uh, Come on, boys, Jamaica it's bobsled time. Compe- competed in the first four-man bobsled team, four-man bobsled at the Olympics for the first time in 20 years. And That's they medaled. very cool. Yeah. Super cool. Love that. Um, by the way, side note, my dad went to Jamaica about 10 years ago, and he's been sporting his Jamaican bobsled team baseball hat ever since. Love it. Okay, next uh, up. Alex Mustard, a former University of Montana track athlete who's a Big Sky alum, Missoula native, he was almost on the U.S. Uh, team for bobsled. He's been chasing that dream for a while. So Very cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. One thing I'd never do is the luge. No doubt. Yeah, that just looks like a death trap. Okay, moving on. Um, Ryan Cochran, a skier for the U.S., won a gold, and his mom won a gold 50 years ago. Whoa. And he Seems was like the, a long gap. He was on the Today Show, uh, and she popped on and surprised him, and it was really cute. And yeah, his, wow, that's crazy. His mother won in the slalom in 1972. That must have been one of the first years that the women's slalom was an event in the Olympics, I would reckon, in Sapporo, Japan. So, oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. So that's cute. Okay. Sean White, I was wrong. I last week said he was coaching and he's actually He's competing. I misread some article, actually, TikTok. Um, <laughs> so my apologies, but he's doing great. And You're saying TikTok's not a definitive source? No. Oh. I, it's basically, yeah, I, I made a mistake and I'm sorry. I apologize. Well. But he's doing awesome. And he had a bad run, his first run in the half pipe yesterday or the day before. But then he came back and just nailed it. And uh, he's adorable. Speaking of TikTok, follow him on TikTok. Okay. It's so fun to watch. Yep. Um, and he's like, he he's cool. I love him. He also trains in Silverton, Colorado, which is very close to Durango, Colorado. Where you where used, I to, used live. to live. Yep, very good. So, fun fact. Sean White, definitely an innovator uh, among innovators, for sure. Crazy to think he's only 35. That Cause is he, wild. Because he's been so famous yeah. for so long. He first became famous, though, when he was like Ben's, your son's yeah. age, though. So, that it totally makes sense. Do you think he and Carrot Top ever, like, go out on the town <laughs> together and... Throw people off. Top creeps me out so, so bad. He's so weird. Um, okay, last story about the Olympics. This is kind of crazy. Chicken doesn't know sports. ESPN Radio. Um, Ava, I can't even pronounce her name. Vuka, Vuka Danova from Bulgaria. Okay. She was doing this first her first slalom run on Wednesday, and a course worker got in her way. Okay. They had left. Someone had accidentally left something on the slalom on the gate, and he was trying to run out to go get it ski out to go get it and yep. it completely got in her way she was forced off the course um and then she had she got to do a rerun and she posted on her instagram like oh my gosh i cannot believe this happened as much as you think like oh i'll just go redo my run like her mind you know you get you your first run you get into this mindset you're going to do it right. and then someone's literally in your way on yes. your course you got to ski down get on the yep. chairlift go back and immediately go back down that does not, I mean, that stinks. For sure. However, she has the best attitude. She said, I'm sad, but I'm happy and proud of myself. I was fighting till the end, um, and nothing can bring me down. And I just like, whoever this girl is, I love that. She could have been like so mad, so angry, so, you know, rightfully so. And this poor course worker, I'm sure, feels awful. Totally. I mean, God, I would lose so much sleep, but. 
Yeah. Last Olympic thought. What did you think of Michaela Schifrin? Oh, was, that so, was so awful. It was. It, it was not the storybook that everybody envisioned and hoped for. And that's what's wild about the Olympics is these athletes work and train and this is their life and one tiny little thing can just well, blow it all up. And so often too though they are so mentally focused and tough then, then when they experience personal tragedy in their lives so often that spurs them on to have these superhuman performances like this one last time and Michaela Schiffer lost her dad and then she had to check out of the slalom basically and so it wasn't the uh, the tale of redemption that we really wanted yeah. but as of this morning this is actually uh, from USA Today about an hour ago Thursday morning you're listening to this on a Friday she will race in the Super G she was an alternate for that she was undetermined if she was going to but she will she'll make one more run at it so oh have you seen the Super G no I have not so my boys <laughs> have not done the Super G they've only done slalom and yep. uh combi and and oh my gosh what am I blanking on the other one anyway they do major Super G training in Big Sky so these kids go Montana kids go to this camp in Big Sky for a week and train on the Super G and then so the end of the Super G is a huge jump. Yeah. And it's intense. And thank God my kids have not wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, ski racing is is crazy. Yeah. Just the level of courage that it takes. One thing that we have not mentioned on this show, which is absolutely worth mentioning, we've talked a lot about Darian Stevens, the Missoula native who took uh, who made the finals in the women's big air. We talked about Maggie Voison, who was also in the women's big air and will then compete also in women's slope style. She's from Whitefish. We've talked about Jake Sanderson, who's on the U.S. ski team, or excuse me, the U.S. hockey team. For the Olympics, he's from Whitefish as well. But sometimes there's one of the most undercovered sports in Montana is college skiing because only Montana State has it. Mm -hmm. Montana Montana does not. Part of that's a Title IX thing because Montana has soccer and softball for women. Also, though, Bozeman just has much more accessible skiing. But there are three former Montana State skiers who are all Americans at MSU who are competing in this Olymp in this Olympics. So, oh, that's awesome. Um, Louis Mullen Schulte, who's from Austria, he last competed at MSU in 2014. He is uh, in an Alpine event. Johanna Tullaharm is also competing for Estonia, and uh, Jessica Yeaton is also competing for Austria as well. So Very cool. Excuse me, Australia, not Austria. Oh. It would be way more uh, applicable if it was Austria. Austria, yeah. one of the great ski countries in the world. Australia, excuse me, for both Louis Mullen-Schulte and Jessica Yeaton. So, I don't know, cool. That's really cool. Go Montana State. Chicken Dozen Sports, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. What else you got? I have one little PSA before we go. Um, we've, okay. we've had this discussion several times about the about youth sports and the importance and the hardest job being a referee. Right. Um, and I've watched parents yell at referees, teenage referees. And yep. I mean, we've talked about things that have happened. Did you watch that Frank Barton video? No, it wouldn't come up. Because like you don't have Twitter. I know. But. Well, you did. Okay. Can we move on? Yes. Jeez. <laughs> Right now, Montana youth soccer is in desperate need of referees. So this is a PSA. This is a PSA. Yep. Um, on March 5th here in Missoula, the grassroots referee course will be taking place. You um, get paid to be a referee, so you make money. It's a great little side gig if you like soccer or if you have a teenager that, um, you know, wants to ref, which I just probably talked you out of that. But 
if they're refing <laughs> any of my the games that I'm at, I will take down any parent who talks back to a referee. I, I don't like that. But anyway, if you go to mtsra.org, you can learn more and sign up for the course. It's March 5th. They have a few more coming up. There's one in Stevensville and then one back in March. I mean, back in Missoula. It's just such a great way to give back, help the soccer community continue to grow. I mean, they can't play if we don't have refs. One thing I brought up was every time a parent talks back to a ref, they automatically have to go take the course and referee at least one game. Um, that is my new uh, thought. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. So I was actually thinking about this entire dynamic the other day. I don't even know how much I want to go down this rabbit hole. When, when the primary and almost exclusive factor we do anything in the world is money, that's why we are struggling so much as a as humanity, not just a society or a culture. People should want to do stuff because they want to be a part of something. They want to give back to something. There used to be all sorts of people that had low-paying jobs that knew they had low-paying jobs that did their jobs because they loved it. Now nobody does that anymore. I should say nobody, but a, a vast majority of people only want fair pay. And I'm not trying to demean fair pay, but there's also a certain element of enjoyable and pride in your work and contributing to a society and all those sorts of things. And uh, so if you want to be involved, go volunteer to be an official, not because of the money. Do it for the kids. No, of course not for the money, but, I mean, you might as well get compensated for your time. Sure. And why you got to be so deep all the time? I don't just... know. Too much coffee. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got today. Chicken Does No Sports presented by the AC Hotel. Call us right now, 406-888. Actually, here we go. How about a text to win? Tell us who you think is going to win the Super Bowl or what Tom Brady's going to do in his future. 406-888-1029. Best answer. We got a pair of craft cocktails for you. Or to, wine or a glass of wine. Whatever. Or you can you can have any sort of beverage down there at the AC Hotel. You don't have to be staying there. Can I say one thing? Of course. We went to the AC on Saturday oh, for yeah. some drinks. Drinks. With some friends, some drinks. And uh, we had, it is so fun. The bartenders there are so funny and fun. And it's just a cool little place to grab a couple drinks, have a, have a charcuterie. They also have creme brulee, if you're into that. Love it. So, definitely. Charcuterie. <laughs> Gotta love it. Texas right now, what's Tom Brady going to do with all his free time? Who are you going for on the Super Bowl? What uh, What are you going to do if you win the AC Hotel giveaway? 888 best answer. We'll get back to you. Carolyn, thank you so much. Thank you. Check out No Sports, presented by the AC Hotel every Friday here on Nuanas Now. More Super Bowl diagnosis, plus some of the best storylines in the big game Sunday. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today.
What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Rajim Seabrook riding along with me. Thanks for being here on a Friday. Oh, MJ, oh, Michael Jackson for you here on your Friday. We were going to talk about uh, the uh, continuing saga that is the Brian Flores case and then a lot of the things that have stemmed off of it. You and I were having a discussion uh, earlier about Mike McDaniel, the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins, and the controversy that's swirling now. Is he black enough? What a weird thing to ask. That's the uh, subconscious symbolism of this song here. Yet, though, we haven't really got into many of the good storylines of the Super Bowl, so let's keep it light here on a Friday. Little levity. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about some of the best storylines in the big game on Sunday. Just from the ones starting with proximity here to Montana and then on down the line for on the national level and uh, some of the favorite players that uh, play in the National Football League. First, you got to acknowledge Colt Anderson, one of Butte's favorite sons. He's a special teams coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. So he's got a chance to bring a ring back to Montana. That'd be very cool. There's been a variety of guys that have ties to the state of Montana that have won Super Bowl rings. But it'd be very cool for a guy from the state of Montana who played for the Montana Grizzlies if he gets a Super Bowl ring. Cooper Cup, also we talked about him with Mike Yam in the first hour uh, of the show from the NFL Network. Uh, but what a story this guy is. The closer you get to him, the longer you've known about him, the less surprised you are. But I do think it's very cool that Cooper Cup has found a way to introduce himself to America uh, these last couple of years, but particularly this year. Last night he won Offensive Player of the Year uh, in the NFL, so pretty amazing uh, for him. What I like about Cooper Cup coming out of the Big Sky Conference is it gives, and and I think you, talk, you talked on it with the NFL uh, uh, broadcaster earlier, Coulter, it gives kids at mid-majors like something to think about like this guy who came from you would say he played at eastern washington people wouldn't be able to find it on a map totally and the fact that that type of small school ability is breaking barriers and breaking records and winning like i love that and i love the fact that he came from a small school what i also love is he's not the biggest guy he's not the flashiest dude nope He's just skillful. Pays it. He kind of reminds me of a of a. Do you remember a guy named Joe Jaravicious? Mm-hmm. Okay, not he. Cooper Cup definitely more skilled. Sure, but just a guy that grinded it out, paid attention to his craft, and made the most with what he had. And look at where he is now. I this is like a Cinderella story for me. I love this is my fa- this and Matt Stafford are my two favorite storylines of the Super Bowl. Uh, that's a very good. One. We'll get to Stafford here in a second. The other guy that comes to mind though when it comes to Rams receivers is Odell Beckham. He Took the world by storm as the New York Giants, uh, with the New York Giants, excuse me. Then the Giants started to burn around him. He was certainly uh, not ideally suited to be a New York star. No. That was eating him all the way up. And uh, then he got sort of sent to uh, no man's land in <laughs> Cleveland. It's supposed to be a lot better than it was, and the Browns could not handle lofty expectations. Now he's in L.A., but I know you're a Giants guy. So are you happy for ODB, or do you, what do you think? You know, I, it, it, I I go back and forth on this. Like, I'm always happy for anyone that achieves their success and comes out uh, with things in a positive way. Um, Odell has burnt some bridges and has created a persona who I think is outside of the person. Um, but all the accolades go to him. He's I think he's kind of put this team over a hump in some ways. Uh, it, it, it allows this offense to kind of open up and breathe a bit more. Um, good for him at redemption on a professional level, but Odell's Odell, man. I've been diving into the, the offensive lines and uh, more particularly some of the, the ratings that have come out in terms of grading 
This is when uh, Pro Football Focus finally has their position grades out for all the positions and all the position groups. The Bengals, the 30th out of 32 NFL teams in terms of offensive line grades this year. As Mike Yam from the NFL Network mentioned in hour number one, first team in uh, Super Bowl history to have given to even make an appearance in the Super Bowl to have given up 50 sacks. And so, therefore, so much of the credit goes to the one and only Joe Burrow. But does he have any gas left in the tank here? Because he's been riding the lightning here these last six or eight weeks. You know, I, how do you not? Right. Like that, I, even Play if you don't have money at this point, right? Straight up no chaser. Like, if, you, if you're, if <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those, even if he doesn't have any gas in the tank, my friend, there's enough adrenaline coursing through his veins that it, it'd get him through this game, win, lose, or draw. Nuance now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Matt Stafford, you mentioned, is another great story. And I think it's affirmative as well to the fact that organizational stability, organizational competence, uh, winning culture, and a smooth fit between the offensive play car and the quarterback are all essential things. Stafford has by no means been an absolute world beater. That's the only factor in the Rams being here. In fact, he's just a key cog in the machine. Agreed. But it's pretty revitalizing to see that this guy's getting a second chance to sort of rewrite his legacy more than a decade into his career after suffering for so long in Detroit. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Detroit Lions fan, but I've always really liked Matt Stafford. I like who he is on and off the field and how he's always carried himself um, well above despite playing for an abysmal organization and a really, really cruddy team. And I just think it's it's nice to see a guy like that of of his caliber because he's a good quarterback, good solid quarterback, finally kind of get over the hump and get to a place where where I I think he's deserving to be. Well earned. Andrew Whitworth, starting offensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. He's a guy that is, to me, he's one of the most underrated players in the league and has been. He has, first of all, I believe he's now one of only a few. Bruce Matthews is the only other one that comes to mind as a guy that's played into his 40s along the offensive line. But he also spent much of his career in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, for a long time, actually had a great offensive line. That's the irony of the fact that they have <laughs> no one of the worst offensive lines ever, and they're back in the Super Bowl for the first time in 30-plus years. But Whitworth just must be fascinating for him as a guy that was sort of a pillar of the Cincinnati franchise, now getting a shot at a ring uh, with the Bengals. We mentioned the, the offensive and defensive lines. The Rams' defensive front is so ferocious. Salty. And uh, now here we are. Aaron Donald has carved out a spot. In the conversation as the best player in the NFL, there's a lot of key and big-time analysts that ha- call him exactly that, the best player in the National Football League. The only thing missing from his trophy case is his team trophy. He's got a bunch of MVPs and defensive players of the year already, so uh, the, it would be very affirming for Aaron Donald if uh, he could help the Rams to a Super Bowl. I think so, too, and it solidify him as one of the, the this generation and absolutely the last decade's top defensive linemen. Uh, what I love is him having a, a great sidekick, if you can even call Von Miller a sidekick. That's right. That, that, as an offensive coordinator, I'm sweating. Oh, yeah. I can't double-team him because Von Miller comes right. unleashed. I can't double-team right. or chip Von because Big Daddy's going to come in and well, eat my lunch. And that's exactly right. And Von Miller, he's not an every-down 12-sacks-a-year guy anymore. No. But... Give him one game, one game scenario where he's got to let it loose, especially on third downs. Bye. I'm taking Von Miller all day long. Me too. We also touched with Mike Yam about Jamar Chase and just the fact that the Bengals were expected to and pressured to pick Penelope Sewell, the offensive lineman out of Oregon. Instead, they didn't. 
They took Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has absolutely ripped the cover off of the league and uh, been so, so, so dominant. One of the best debut seasons that we've seen in the NFL. I mean, honestly, one of the great rookie seasons ever by a receiver right up there with Randy Moss once upon a time. Mm. Another local tie, Logan Wilson, a guy from Wyoming, University of Wyoming. That's uh, been a great player for the, uh, the Bengals. And uh, honestly, the guy coming out of Wyoming right now as well, Chad Mumma, Logan Wilson, Chad Mumma, and Troy Anderson from Montana State. Those are all sort of similar vein type linebackers. I think the Wyoming guy's a little bit better in the box. Troy Anderson, a little bit better in space. But always cool to have guys from small states, small towns represent. And I also found this striking when looking at the Bengals roster. Evander Holyfield's son, who played at the University of Georgia, is on the Bengals roster. That's interesting. And then the last interesting storyline is that this is, I believe, the first time ever that two head coaches under the age of 40 have squared off against each other. Sign of the times, right? Man, is that just not the youth movement across the NFL right now? Like, if you look at GMs, uh, certain coaches, like, it's just, it's the league is getting younger by the moment, brother. No, I was now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. A couple last thoughts on key matchups and uh, key talking points for the big game on Sunday. Keep it right here. Super Bowl weekend on the horizon. No, is now ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. This is is Now What's up, Montana? Happy Friday. Bubba a little fabulous here on a Friday. Faboo! From the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Shout out to my sister-in-law. That one goes out to her. She loves this stuff. Thanks for being here with us. Hope you have a great week. We're talking all things Super Bowl. If you missed anything in the first and second hours of the show, you already know. You can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Sports Bet Montana and Blackfoot Communications. The line for the big game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams opened at minus four and a half for the Rams, and then moved to four minus four, and then it moved to minus three and a half. It's mm. not that surprising because I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with what what it primarily has to do with is that people like betting the dogs. You're gonna you're gonna have more casual betters or more people throwing money down and. What do people like to do if they're just casual gamblers? They're not trying to make the safe bet and stack their bankroll like degenerate people like me. They're, tra- <laughs> they're, they're trying to they're trying to get the best odds, right? And you're gonna you don't get any odds unless you bet the dog. And so, uh, I think that's why the Lions move because you got a lot of action on the Bengals. Although the guy who's the big mattress guy, I can't remember his name, but he's become uh, social media famous for laying down these giant bets. I think it's Mattress Mac is his nickname, but he threw down ten mil. I'll say Cincinnati Bengals today. Do you like the line though? What do you think of the line? My see, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't voice in conversations I can't speak to. I don't have money to gamble, so I don't know what you're talking about, man. Uh, Ten mil? 
Buddy, I, that's 10 million ways I can help <laughs> reconstruct this whole community and help out. If you got it like that, brother, let me borrow 2 million, zero interest, zero payback. That's what I got to say to that. Anyway, back to the That's ridiculous, man. I know. But do, I mean, what do you th- I mean, what do you think of the matchup in this game? I mean, can Cincinnati hang in this game? You know what is what like Cincinnati has is the ability to score quickly, yep. consistently. Yep. They are two, three plays, bang, two, three plays, bang, and that's Can what they do it, though, against the Rams' pass rush? I, you know, I think so. Sometimes a really aggressive defense leaves holes on the back end when they're rushing up front. Totally, so, and that could be a place that Jamar Chase could feast, but Rams got Jalen Ramsey. So exactly. I, think, I, this, I think this is going to come down to the skill guys for the Bengals, like, that aren't Jamar Chase. Like the Joe Mixons and the uh, Samarji P. Ryans and the I like that. and the T. Higgins of the world. I think for I think what what you also have to do, despite how explosive the Rams offense could be, is actually play ball control to then make Cincinnati more one dimensional than they already are. Uh Score every time, but take some time off the clock. Be a bit more methodical and, and meticulous in your attack. because uh, if you have the ball, they don't. The Rams too, they can be so explosive on offense, but they also are just so deliberate, and that's what happens when you have a walking first down like Cooper Cup. Counting the playoffs, Cup is now up over like 110 first downs this year. He had 97 first downs during the regular season. That's he crazy. had more first down than my Giants had all <laughs> season, boys and girls. It's only a slight exaggeration. It actually might be pretty close to true, pretty hilarious. No embellishment. Um, but I, I do think that the Rams are going to keep coming at you. Yes. I, I think that the key factors in this game – or one, I actually think that our boy Colt Anderson, his special teams unit, it's not he's the assistant special teams coordinator, but he the special teams of the Bengals have actually been one of the things that's helped overshadow an okay but not elite defense and a bad offensive line. Yeah. They've been nails on the special teams. I mean, that f- rookie field goal kicker that they got. Legit. I mean, he he hit a field goal to win a game. I mean, he, he's banged four field goals in a playoff game th- so far this year. So I think that's a factor for uh, Cincinnati. And then I also think that it's going to come down to turnovers like it always does. Matt always. Stafford's going to give you one. Oh, he, that's a gimme. That's a gi- that, can that's a, that's the, a given. Can the Rams right take one away from the Bengals? That's what I want to know. I don't know, man. It is Valentine's Day weekend. There might be some love in the air for somebody on that team. Pluck one out that air. Be the cherub. I do love the Cinderella story that is the Cincinnati Bengals. I do love the rising star that is Joe Burrow. Yes. I think it would be phenomenal for the city of Cincinnati and the state of Ohio if the Queen City they were to very good they if they were to capture the Super Bowl title. That's I think it's uphill sledding for the Bengals. I think the matchup advantages heavily favor the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Come on Matt Stafford, Georgia Bulldog. Get one home, baby. I'm not going to make you make a pick unless you really want to. Do you want to? Do you care? I'm going to pick up some wings, and I'm going (laughs) to pick up some ribs. I'm going to pick up some beans and some ice cream. That's what I'm picking. Got to love it. We'll be back with you on Monday. We'll have a full Montana basketball hour plus a Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, the last one for the football season. We'll see you then on Monday. For Rajim Seabrook, I'm Coulter Nuanas. This has been Nuanas. Now have yourself an outstanding weekend. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, and be good. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.